Welcome to After the Bell. I'm Zach Borman. We had our final summer Board of Trustees meeting last night on August the 8th, and we're joined again today by Sue Darden to discuss the happenings of the meeting before and after as well. Uh, we have some some notes that we don't normally have as in-depth at the, at the beginning of the meeting's minutes from last night, Sue. So you want to tell us what happened, uh, what happened before the meeting last night? Well, it actually happened two days after the last meeting. I had written to the board because I was concerned that I had not been allowed to attend the work session and I felt that they were not being transparent to the patrons by making us watch it on Zoom instead of actually being in the meeting. And I got a call from Chairman Frazier, and she agreed with me. So from now on, uh, any patron who's there will be able to attend a work session. So I thought that was good. We talked a little bit about the 401.2 policy. And then we ended up with a conversation about grading and the push from the district to go standards-based um, from 6 to 12. And how that in- includes the fact that if students get everything right and get a 3.0, which is proficient, the highest grade they can get with the conversion table the district is using is a 90%. So that's a discussion that, uh, and then she and I talked about it after the meeting again. So she's talking to Marcus, and I think we'll be seeing that discussed in future board meetings so that it's a little bit more transparent to the parents, because right now I've been told by district personnel just to do the conversion myself and then explain it to the parents, and then they'll get used to it. Yeah, this whole standards-based thing has been a bit of a conundrum, a bit of a, I don't know, uh, hasn't been rolled out in the most effective and efficient way, and uh, there's a lot of confusion around it. I mean, I was at a school at Rocky Mountain, we were you know, that I know that was the goal. I don't think that we officially made the conversion to standards based at any point. You know, we were supposed to be, we were kind of like taking it piecemeal where there was like, you know, you can't, can't, um, can't give zeros or you're on, on homework. You can't, they can't really be graded or whatever added or they, that there was no accepting or you couldn't not accept late work and that kind of thing. Right. So it was, I mean, as a foundational part of standards-based grading. I think it's like you don't grade behavior essentially, right? Right. Um, And they gave us a book, but there wasn't any sort of, there wasn't a, a book study as, as the, you know, they just were like handed us a book and we're like, okay, read it. And then we'll start doing this soon. (laughs) I'm, I plan on sitting down with Marcus Myers here real soon and, and trying to have this conversation more thoroughly about what the district is planning, but it sounds like the district and the the board may be at uh, cross purposes here. Yeah. Or- right. And she and I talked last night about Nampa and how their board, because they had, the board had adopted their, the four, three, two, one grading system for the middle school and high school. And then the new board that came in just reversed course on it right before school started. Well, if teachers have, or or patrons have concerns about the grading system, the board, I think, does want to hear from them 
And it seems to me that the pressure is being put on by some departments at the district and by some administrators at certain schools for teachers to start doing it. But we are not getting enough professional development. It's not being explained. It's not being discussed so that parents have the input. And it's kind of, to me, like throwing teachers under the bus, because if you have a, a parent who complains uh, you know, are you going to have that administrative support behind you? Because I don't think the board will be behind you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I, I don't know. I've sort of dabbled in and and done some stuff in my classes and my advanced classes and my my speech classes and stuff that's more standards based grading. And I don't, in principle, disagree with it. I, I think that there it has a lot to offer. And you know, you talk about them not doing as much as they can or only doing what has been taught, and they get a ninety and stuff. And I don't pedagogically, I don't think I disagree with the the potential for the student needing to go above and beyond to get higher than a 90, you know, a 90 is still an A and whatnot, but uh, that there needs to potentially be room for that above and beyond, not just kind of what's taught, but that's a whole different discussion for another day. But the problem for me would be because historically speaking, the way that these things have been rolled out and the kinds of training that the teachers get and the, the, that administrative support for when, when the inevitable angry backlash happens, you know, like that's something that the district needs to be keyed in on, you know, and I hope that's something that uh, as a union that we are able to, to assist when the district does make big moves like that. And, you know, we may not 100%, we can always have that discussion as to whether should we, should we be making that move or not. And, but then once we do make that move, we need to all be on the same, the same page and, and be doing it as efficiently and effectively as possible. Right. And, and standards-based grading has a lot of positive things. I personally really do have trouble with the conversion chart, and I'm concerned that if kids are applying for uh, scholarships, it, where if we're converting and other districts aren't, uh, our students may not be competitive for, for college admissions and for scholarships. So I do think that discussion needs to be ha- held by the district and the board. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll have a conversation. Maybe Marcus will sit down on the on the podcast with me, and we can kind of talk about that or whatnot. But um, let's let's do that in a future episode because that's a fascinating and, and really important topic for us in the near future, I would imagine. So, but let's dive into the meeting. So it was the shortest meeting that I believe I have attended. That was a, a general meeting, so um, I was pretty like amazed. And part of it was the one thing on the agenda was, of course, the policy 401.20. No one signed up to speak to that. And that in itself to me was surprising because it had been getting some attention by the media. And so I thought there might be parents there or teachers, but there wasn't. So um, we started with the spotlight on the Education Foundation, which was really interesting in the amount of money that they're raising for the schools. But then the next big thing was the policy 401.20, which passed on the third reading, but it did have some changes uh, made by the committee that I believe you're on. yeah, the committee didn't like convene in the same in the same way that uh, we did initially to kind of like revamp the the first draft of it. It was just kind of they the district sent out their their 
their proposed new draft and and sought feedback from the committee members and stuff. So um, there was not, I mean, I think most of the initial concerns were, were addressed, you know, the making sure that there was room for general motivation and, uh, you know, just kind of like the way that you'd, especially in like the elementary classrooms that you can thematically decorate your room and stuff. I think there was some confusion as to whether or not that was allowable in previous versions of, of the policy. And um, that's now allowable. It's. Well, it doesn't, it really come down to, you can't put anything on district um, like on the walls because they're owned by the district. But if you happen to have a lanyard or a water bottle that had a sticker right. or a pin or something that could convey um, your personal opinion, because it says that um, students and staff, well, the staff and students, um, were, their freedom of speech was not was being protected. So right. you can still find ways if you want to show kids that you want to be a safe classroom. There are ways to do it without putting up a poster or a flag. Yeah. And that's been clear for uh, a draft or two here at this point that, that, that the district made clear to, or Bub made clear to me a, a while ago that they were not coming after that. They were not going to have that fight. They were, you know, teacher can do what they want to do, which in my mind kind of makes the whole, I don't know, the, the solvency for the problem that, the, you know, when I was first asking questions about this policy as to why this was needed, it was, well, we want to make sure that students feel safe in each classroom and that if there's a teacher from another political perspective than them or whatnot, they might be potentially silenced in the classroom, right? That, um, um, And so we want to make sure that everyone feels like they can be a part of the conversation or that they're ultimately, if a teacher doesn't have a, a pride fling pride flag or a you know a a blue lives matter flag on their desk or on their wall but they have it on their person you know it's still the same potential effect if if the district is is genuinely concerned about about that that scenario but um you know i think and we've probably discussed this in, in previous podcasts but it's just the climate and and people that are actively out there looking for you know, I don't know that we've talked about the, I don't know if you've seen the IFF making the accusations about the, the social emotional learning program or the something that the, the district is paying for. Have you, have you seen that story floating around yet? Um, I've heard there's been people at meetings that are there opposed to social emotional learning, but then they, these ladies just showed up and they didn't know like how they would go about speaking to the board. They had sent letters and they thought their letters are going to be read publicly and they don't do that. So, um, well, this anyway, happened they, last night. No, this happened a, a few months back. Oh, and yeah. so these two older ladies were there cause they were opposed to social emotional learning. And they came and talked to me when the board had gone into a work session, they wanted to know when they were going to read the letters that they had sent. <laughs> and so they they came without knowing how the board worked at all yeah. and so i know there's a concern but you know they bought this program that we're using called core in the middle schools and i challenge anybody to find a lesson that in there that it should be controversial it's like how to set goals and and um 
you know, feeling good about yourself. And, but I don't know what, and nobody is forced to participate in a discussion. If they want to, they can. So if they don't want to answer a question, they don't, they're, they don't have to. Anyway, it's so I don't see the real issue, but I know that that's a buzzword. There, but there are people, yeah, there are people that are looking for any of those buzzwords or any opportunities to kind of like jump on and attack public education in whatever way they can. And this is right. from what I really think the district is doing is they're just trying to make sure that they don't allow anything in policy that's going to give these people fodder, you know, or, or give them fuel for their their rage fires. But <clears throat> Right, but anyway, um, it, it is what it is, and the patrons didn't show up to to speak for or against it or anything like that. This is the second, you know, last month I was the only one who spoke against it, and uh, this month no one showed up. So, yeah, so <laughs> it passed, and the meeting adjourned at six thirty eight. They had discussed a couple of other, or just mentioned had a second reading on a couple of other policies, which will be approved at the August twenty second meeting. And no changes were made. They were just in the second reading. Nobody spoke to them. So they were about graduation requirements and stuff. But it was a pretty short meeting without a lot of discussion. And that's it. 401.2 passed. And we're moving forward with this school year starting in a couple weeks. Was there anything in particular? So I was kind of fading in and out during the uh, the, the education foundation, or I was I was reading something and, and multitasking, so I wasn't paying attention as much as I should have. But um, the so the foundation is not a part of the district, or do they are they at the district service center, or how do they function independently and they just help fund right the district? They, they are their nonprofit. And the, a couple changes that have been occurring over, over the years is one, now they have to manage all the, the PTA, PTOs, um, budgets have to go through them. And um, for elementary schools, like if we um, go to spend money, that has to go through them. So it helps to take some burden off the secretaries. Um, I thought that was that's, you know, a change that's been happening. And the other big change, because they've been around since, um, let's see, what when was it? Um, getting back there. In 1987, um, where they raised $600. And now they um, are raising quite a bit more than that. Uh, last year alone, $150,000 from Thank a Teacher, which parents could then name a specific teacher. And that teacher was notified they had money. They raised over 800000 from the Gale and the Golf Tournament, their two main fundraisers. But now, starting in 2017, um, they started offering money for basic needs to students and families. So parents could um, apply for money, like if they needed money for rent or food or electric bills. Um, they started covering those for um, for high-need families. And they have a program to help pay rent for students that are 18 to 21 who are unaccompanied, which means basically out of the home. And so they offer scholarships and they also cover um, the bills at the schools when students don't pay for their lunches. As a resource for our teachers, you know, if they have students that they think might fit into this category, might benefit from that. Is that a, a link on the, well, 
I'll, I'll say this. I, if, if there is a link on the website or something like that, I will, I will provide that in the minutes for this. They didn't, I think that's podcast. where you go through the counselor or the administration. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think the counselors then would be the, the person to contact and then they would have the resources or the link to the resources. So I would encourage anybody who had a concern to let their counselor know, and then the counselor can know who to go to. Well, um, anything else we want to say about this meeting? No, I think we should talk less. That since it only lasted 38 minutes, we need to be less than that, right? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Sue. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning. Okay, thanks, Seth. We'll talk to you after the next meeting. Okay, see you then. Bye. Bye.